0: Welcome back to another episode of Marianne and Wanda. This is Andy.
1: And this is Allie.
0: We and are here bringing you more recipes that are and Christmas joy. Christmas themed. Yay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas time. It's my favorite Yay. time of the year.
0: Yeah. Have you decorated for Christmas?
1: No, I need to do that. Maybe I'll do that today. Um, I have been so busy since I've gotten back from from Tennessee which was in and of itself such a mess that I give <laughs> oh, myself I a few days.
0: Yeah, I heard you had some issues.
1: Yeah, well issues is to put it lightly. My car <laughs> like broke down on the side of the road. I had to buy a new
0: radiator. How far did you get from your house?
1: Only about two hours so Libba came to pick me up but I spent two hours just like loitering around the Lowe's that was right next door to the car place (laughs) Um, because I had Jose and I was like I can't like just walk into a McDonald's with this dog somebody's gonna yell at me for it so
0: well at least you could take him into Lowe's
1: yeah so yeah I knew that yeah and he got a new little light-up collar because that's I had to buy something while I was there Um, (laughs) So he got a rechargeable LED light-up collar for at night uh, so that he doesn't get, you know, hit by a car or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, but also not funny. Yeah. Yeah. We have decorated for Christmas. We got a live Christmas tree this year. Ooh. Yeah. From where? Um, Chris and Rhonda's tree land. Okay. I
1: don't know why I asked that, like we were gonna have <laughs> Like I don't we go to a different place every year, I feel
0: like. Yeah, well you asked. It's in Watertown. Well, there you go. Pick and cut your own Christmas tree.
1: <laughs> you had to cut it yourselves too?
0: Yeah. Well, Adam cut it.
1: <laughs> Good work, Adam.
0: Yeah. I mean it wasn't that hard. He cut it down in like three motions of the saw.
1: <laughs> wow. So
0: proud. Yeah yeah but yeah maybe we'll post a picture of it with this episode because our whole house looks beautiful now we don't have any we don't have any ornaments to go on it um but that's fine it's decorated with like lights and then i put like a a tree topper that's um i don't know fake flowers but it looks pretty and then i did garlands across all the windows it looks nice
1: i think lights are the most important part of a christmas tree yeah We always, I mean, we, of course, well, in in the olden days, my mom used to buy a real Christmas tree every year, and she has this method of putting lights on the tree, where she goes up and down the branches. That's what I did. Yeah, but she, I swear to God, she puts on more lights than, like, anyone ever, like, we try to recreate it, and we can't do it. There's, like, strands (laughs) on strands of lights in these trees, and then a few years ago, she decided not, that we weren't allowed to have any more real Christmas trees, which, fine it's her house if she doesn't want them i guess we can't have them but um she uh bought this christmas tree from like qbc that's fake and it's a pretty nice tree but it just doesn't have enough lights on it mm. and it's a little bit sad because she used to put i swear it's like millions and millions of lights used to go on these trees <laughs> Which is probably why she doesn't want to do them anymore.
0: I actually saw that. I think it was on Instagram recently about if you go up and down with your lights instead of side to side, it's easier to switch them out. If one section of them um, like burns out, then you can just take that one section off that goes up and down and put a new section on instead of side to side.
1: I don't you know. mean up and down, like from the base of the tree all the way up to the top and then back down. Yeah. Okay, what my mom used to do was like up and down each branch. So like she'd start wrapping around in the inner part of the tree, go all the way to the end of the branch, go back Uh down the branch, and then go to the next branch and go up that branch and then back down that branch and move on. Oh,
0: okay, no. So when I say
1: millions (laughs) of lights, I mean millions of lights.
0: (laughs) Okay, that sounds very intense. That's not what I meant. (laughs) I haven't
1: heard up and down though. And I don't know if I agree that it would be easier to get a section of lights off, but yeah Whatever. I don't know
0: if that was true or not, but that's how I did it this year, so we'll see,
1: <laughs> yeah, keep us posted. let's know,
0: yeah, but anyway, yep, the McCumber house is ready for Christmas,
1: incredible, well, yep. I'm personally ready for Christmas. I've been wearing sweaters since i've since Thanksgiving,
0: <laughs> so I guess let's start out with your recipe, yes, yeah, so yeah, today, well, yeah, so we're
1: doing Christmas themed recipes, and when we when I first brought this up. My family has a lot of Christmas traditions. It's like one of our favorite holidays. And so it was hard for me to pick like one thing. And part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because we have so many of them. But what I've settled on is a Christmas cookie recipe because we also make a lot of Christmas cookies every year. And so I just felt like it was an appropriate selection. And usually I'm the one with the Christmas cookies because I am the uh, self-appointed baker of the family. Recently, in the past few years, uh, I've been getting there too late. Like, I don't get there until a few days before Christmas. And my family wants to eat cookies earlier than that. So my mom has also been making some of the cookies. (laughs) But it's quite the labor-intensive process because, essentially, we make everyone's one favorite Christmas cookie and then also, like, a couple other ones. So I make chocolate chips for myself and for everybody, but that's my favorite Um, Kate really likes ginger snaps, so I make ginger snaps for her every year. Uh, Libba's favorite are these Andy's mint cookies, which are the ones I'm actually sharing today. And it's like so on and so forth. Like my mom likes some print cookies, which are, you know, little nut cookies with jelly in the middle. Yeah. So anyway, so that's why I've chosen a Christmas cookie recipe, because it's what we do every year. And I love it. And I'll be sharing the Andy's mint cookies. Have you had you know what Andy's mints are?
0: Yeah, I know what they are. Okay.
1: Cuz most well, of the time I...
0: people are like, "Oh, your name's Andy like the Andy's Mints?" Oh, really? Yeah, either that or, "Oh, Andy like Toy Story?"
1: Okay, of, that one. It's I always more. one of the two. <laughs> That's so weird. I yeah. only associate these with these cookies. And I think Olive Garden has these, right? Yep. yep. Okay, yeah, it's the little chocolate like double layer chocolate with mint in the middle. Um is what we're referencing here. And those actually go on top of these cookies. So I guess just to get into it, this recipe comes from my mom's college roommate, Mary Pat. Uh, we, I called her to ask her where Mary Pat got the recipe and we don't know. So this is uh, <laughs> of unknown origin, but it was her recipe. It was my mom's roommate in college. Uh, who we actually met once. Uh, we went to, she lives in Chicago and we went to go visit her. When I was younger, and the only reason I remember the trip is because we went to go see Sue, which is you know the T Rex skeleton that they have there at the Chicago Field Museum. Do you know about Sue?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> well, that's who Sue is, and I just have a vague, specific memory of going to see this T Rex. I remember almost nothing else from this trip, but I remember <laughs> this T Rex. <laughs> um, and essentially, what you do for this is that you make like a chocolate cookie base and you do it by cooking it's three quarter cup butter um, there's brown sugar a little bit of water and you heat those together over low heat until everything's melted and warm and then you take it off heat and add the chocolate chips so two cups of chocolate chips which is one small bag um, and you stir until those are partially melted And you um, keep stirring until they're completely melted and put them into a large mixing bowl. And we usually use a KitchenAid stand mixer if you have one. Um, I think that that's just a lot easier.
0: Do you have one of those? No, I don't.
1: Okay. Anyway, that's unrelated. You should get a (laughs) KitchenAid stand mixer because they are revolutionary and they are quite powerful tools in the kitchen. (laughs) I use them to make everything from like meatloaf to baked goods. We are not sponsored by KitchenAid, but we should be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you uh, put, it's like a pretty warm mixture at this point, but it's just like a chocolatey, sugary, buttery mess. And you put it in the bowl and you have to let it sit for like 10 minutes so that the chocolate has enough time to cool a little bit. Because the next thing you do is at high speed beat in two eggs. And if you do that while the chocolate is still too hot... Um, or if you do it at too low speed, obviously you might end up with a little bit of scrambled egg chunks in there. And nobody wants that inside a cookie.
0: No.
1: I don't think I've ever actually made something that ended up like scrambled eggs. <laughs> which is, I guess, a good thing. But anyway. So you beat in these eggs one at a time. And then you add in the dry ingredients, which are just salt, flour, and baking soda. So it's a pretty easy dough put those in on low and just keep stirring it until it's blended and then again it's important you must chill this dough for at least one hour i think i want to say that i've made this like the night before and had it chilling in the fridge overnight i just would make sure to cover it and i probably wouldn't do it too far in advance because you don't want the dough to dry out too much like you want it to chill and you want everything to be like a cohesive dough but you don't want uh, for it to dry out. And if you like let it sit in the fridge for a few days, that's what's going to happen. So it says we do one hour and we usually like, that's what I usually do. is I'll make this dough and I'll have it chilling while I make another recipe, like chocolate chips or something in the meantime, and then come back to them. And uh, you bake these in the oven at three fifty, but you line your cookie sheets with aluminum foil. And this helps like, make the cookie spread out and crisp on the bottom without um without burning and you just like roll teaspoons of dough of dough into balls like just get yourself a little teaspoon scoop out a little bit of dough roll it with your hands about two inches apart i want to say that i usually do just like a dozen on one cookie sheet but like if you have a bigger or smaller one you can just as many as you can fit And you bake them for 12 to 13 minutes and no longer. Uh, You want the cookie to appear like crunchy and um, a little bit more well done. But you should not go over 13 minutes because it's a dark cookie. It's made mostly of chocolate and you will not be able to tell if this cookie has started to burn. So do not do it more than 13 minutes. That much (laughs) I know for sure. Now here's where... We have a dispute on what my mother may or may not have told me to do in the past. So what you do is you pull these cookies out of the oven and then pretty much immediately put an Andy's mint on top. So you'll the best way to do this is to get your Andy's mints and unwrap all of them at once before you start actually baking any cookies and just have them in a bowl. So that when the cookies come out of the oven, you're not wasting time, like taking wrappers off. Because you want that mint to start melting on top of the chocolate cookie while it's still warm. And then I honest to God, when I started making these cookies, my mother told me I had to use my finger to swirl the chocolate on top. And so what you have to do is like take a finger or I'm pretty sure you could use a spoon and get the same effect and just swirl the chocolate mint around on the top until it's fully melted and everything is distributed around to the edge of the cookies. And you don't want to do it to where that chocolate goes off the cookie, So like don't go past the edge but you should, and um, you get rid of the like mint logo that's on top um, and then uh, remove them from the pan and put them on like a wire cooling rack. And if you've done it right, uh, by the time the cookie has cooled, the chocolate and the mint on top is like pooled and distributed, but it hardens. So they're not like a messy cookie. It's not going to get chocolate all over the place the whole time.
0: So does the chocolate on the does the mint melt like instantly as soon as you put it on the top?
1: No. So it usually, we usually wait a minute or two. So I'll like put all of the mints on top of the cookies, give it a minute and then start swirling with my finger. Gotcha. And the reason why I bring up whether or not you're supposed to use your finger is because honest to God, my mother told me that you would not get the same effect with a spoon, but it's really hot and you will burn your finger. And (laughs) so I still use my finger because I've been told to, But I think that if you used a spoon, you would still get the same effect. It's just might not be as neat or whatever. But you're not going to burn your finger, which is what happens every single year. Anyway, these cookies are a huge hit. I'm actually going to make some today for a Christmas party that I have later uh, with my advisor. Uh, So I highly recommend them as a crowd pleaser. If you're like me and you don't really like mint... I like don't really eat these cookies all that much, but everybody else loves them so much that I have no issues baking them for anything.
0: So is the outcome of the cookie, is the, is the cookie part actually a crunchy cookie or a soft? Yes. Cookie? It's crunchy. Okay.
1: Crunchy. You get a good crunch when you bite into it. Gotcha. And it's, yeah, it's just like a chocolate cookie under a mint. It's really good from what sounds- I understand. Yeah, it sounds good. I would like those. Uh, well, if I see you around Christmas time, which we should should see each other, uh, I'll bring you a, a few cookies to sample. Sounds delish. Yeah. So I will be making those later today. If anybody has any questions, give me a call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Allie and I talked the last time she came over to my house when we were talking about Christmas cookies, and I do not have any Christmas cookie recipes to share because my family... Didn't really do a whole lot of Christmas cookies growing up. And when we were talking about it, we said that my family didn't really have the tradition of leaving out milk and cookies for <laughs> Santa. <laughs> um, so, a lot of people, I guess, uh, when you're younger, you make cookies either the night before or a couple days before Christmas Eve to leave out milk and cookies for Santa when Santa comes by. We didn't do that as a kid. We had the tradition tradition of leaving out pickles and beer for Santa, (laughs) 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 and I I don't really even remember how that tradition came about. It was probably just that we didn't have any cookies the night before um, Christmas to leave one night, and so we made do with what we had, and we left Santa some pickles and a beer. (laughs) So ridiculous. (laughs) And so that just became the tradition from then on. Um, <laughs> I can't believe pickles and beer. I <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was a crazy tradition, but that's what we always did. And, um, but anyway, we also just were never, we, of course, my family liked sweets, but we were never much of bakers. So I don't really remember growing up making cookies a whole lot, but anyway, but my grandma and cook family. And one thing that she made quite a bit growing up, especially on holidays, she would make breakfast pizza to have Christmas morning at her house and and then also other holidays, too. And so we actually just came back from Thanksgiving at her house and she made breakfast pizza for us. Um, So I grew up many years having breakfast pizza at her house. And um, so I'm going to make it hopefully for Christmas morning this year at our house Uh, But it's a good um, savory breakfast. I know you said you make quiche on Christmas. Do you make the quiche quiche on Christmas morning?
1: Yeah, we wake up and open presents usually and then head to the kitchen and make a Christmas quiche.
0: Okay, so yeah, this would be probably what we would make instead of a quiche. We'll make the breakfast pizza. Mm -hmm. So the last year... When we went to my parents' house on Christmas morning, Adam was like, Man, all we had was sugary stuff for breakfast because my mom had cinnamon rolls and like stuff like that. But he was like, I need some like sausage and eggs and like savory Mm -hmm. stuff. So this was a good savory breakfast um, for Christmas morning. So breakfast pizza includes. Um, you're going to need one pound of pork sausage, any variety. Um, we actually might make it this year with venison sausage mm. because Adam processed a lot of venison last year and he made made a venison sausage, so it's got pork fat in it. So we may try it with venison sausage this year, but oh, any any variety of sausage that you want is fine pound of pork sausage one eight ounce package of crescent rolls one cup of shredded cheese mild or sharp one cup of shredded mozzarella cheese six eggs one half cup of milk and one eighth teaspoon of black pepper Mm -hmm. and so what you're going to do first is press the eight What you're first going to do is press the crescent rolls onto a greased pan, and what my grandma usually does is just roll the crescent rolls out from the uh, package into, I guess it's like a 9x12 pan, whatever like a standard size pan is. Mm -hmm. You could also do it in like the glass pans, like the Pyrex or whatever, Um, but it's it's the 9x12, whatever the standard size one is. Okay. Uh, But you want to have it greased on the bottom.
1: And you want, do you need to have like a sides on the pan or can you have a fully flat pan?
0: No, it needs to have the sides on it. Okay. Yeah, so it's got to have sides. Uh, I'll probably do it in our glass one because I don't have a metal one that's got the sides on it. But you can do it in glass or the metal one. But yes, it does need to have the sides on it. And you're going to want to press all the perforations on the crescent roll so that they're all sealed. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, make sure that all the perforations are all sealed together. And you're going to want to bake the crescent rolls for five minutes at 375. And it's just to get the crescent rolls to be a little bit puffy. Mm -hmm. And so then you're going to take them out. And you're going to reduce the oven to 350. And so after you take the crescent rolls out, at that point, you're going to spoon the sausage um which... I assume cooked already <laughs> yeah I forgot to mention that part when <laughs> I said you're gonna want to have a pound of pork sausage that should be cooked and drained <laughs> okay and do
1: you cook it like in slices and you want it just like brown like browned beef or something
0: yeah it should be um like ground like you like you would do ground beef okay yeah sorry should have mentioned that that should be (laughs) wondering (laughs) if you were going to mention that
1: or not. just so you top your pizza with some raw pork sausage and see what happens
0: (laughs) the sausage should be cooked and drained okay but yeah it should also be cut up and um like you would do ground beef yeah um but yeah so once you take the crescent rolls out after they've cooked for five minutes you want to spoon the sausage over the crescent rolls and then sprinkle both of your cheeses, the one cup of shredded, either mild or sharp, whichever. And then Sharp you- cheddar, you mean, right? Yes, sharp cheddar. But okay. you- grandma said she always does mild because she doesn't like sharp cheddar. Mm. Um, but technically, the recipe that she normally goes off of calls for sharp. Um, okay. But yeah, you could do either one. So you'll take your one cup of sharp or mild, and then your one cup of mozzarella and sprinkle that over the... Um, Sausage that you've sprinkled mm-hmm. on top of the uh, crescent rolls. So you've cooked your, fi- your crescent rolls for five minutes. You've sprinkled your cooked and drained sausage over it. You sprinkle your cheese on top of that. Next, you're going to take your six eggs that you have beaten mm-hmm. and you're going to combine your beaten eggs with your half a cup of milk and your half a teaspoon of pepper combine all of those three ingredients together and pour that over the sausage and cheese Mm -hmm. and then you're going to put all of that back into the oven on the lowest rack that you have for 30 to 35 minutes
1: so Um, you would make this in a it's a nine by 13 pan is the standard one
0: okay yeah so nine by 13
1: yeah so she would normally make this in that's like a brownie pan with sides Yes. And so that's why you need the sides is because these eggs are going in on top raw, more or less, right? And so then you have to contain those. That's mm-hmm. interesting. That sounds good.
0: Yep. And she also says that um, it's optional if you want, but you can add in slices of green and red pepper if you want extra extra vegetables added to it. We mm-hmm. never really added those, but she said that her original recipe she went off of um, called for those, but I guess she doesn't like Um, green peppers so she never put them in there Um, but you could also add uh, red peppers you could also add mushrooms if you wanted Um, Mm -hmm. different options of things you could add to it if you wanted
1: yeah Um, you could probably treat it like any sort of scramble so if you wanted maybe like onion or something in there too or
0: anything you want Um, but yeah so then you just bake it for 30 to 35 minutes until it's golden brown on top bring it back out and then cut it into squares and serve
1: sounds really good
0: yeah it is really good it's um yeah it's mostly egg but then the bottom having the um crescent roll is what is like considered the um the pizza crust Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's like a breakfast scramble pretty much and and then the crust on the bottom is what is considered the pizza yeah and it makes a a good amount i would think yeah so
1: if you have a lot of mouths to feed and it's a holiday morning yeah
0: Yep, but pretty easy just uh, the crescent rolls, and then spoon your um your yes cooked sausage, cooked sausage <laughs> on top of it. Sprinkle the cheese on, and then your eggs, milk, and pepper on top of that.
1: And then yeah. bake it. I once had a pizza, and I'm that a breakfast pizza that my friend got from I think it was just like Walmart or something, that was very very similar to this, except they also had as sort of a pizza sauce a gravy that they had put on top. Hmm whatever white gravy you would make in the morning just like a regular gravy and then having almost like a biscuit and gravy scrambled pizza that sounds really good
0: yeah (laughs) I was just I was just thinking like um you know like if you go to hardy's or something and you get biscuits Mm -hmm. and gravy that has like the gravy with the little pieces of sausage in it Mm -hmm. you probably could make something like that and have a some kind of um sauce
1: yeah if you wanted it but it sounds like it doesn't really need it also
0: we never did anything like that, but I bet you could do something like that on it.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good, Andy.
0: It is really good, and it's go really well with something sweet, also like cinnamon rolls or mm-hmm. whatever else. Um, but yeah, this I think was a good complement to the cookies, also. Yes. Having a sweet and savory.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to have both.
0: Right. Yeah. But yeah, since we always had pickles and beer instead of cookies. <laughs> I didn't have recipe to share. I don't
1: understand how it was that we were friends for so long and I never knew that you guys used to put up pickles and beer for Santa. (laughs) It's utterly ridiculous. I love it, but it's so weird.
0: Pickles (laughs) for Santa? I don't know. I guess we just thought maybe he'd want to change it up a little bit after having cookies and milk at every house.
1: Every single house? I asked my mom uh, when I was there for Thanksgiving, because we used to set out cookies and milk for Santa, and I used to ask her if she would just like put the cookies back or if she would eat them, and she said, well, it just really depends. Sometimes I would eat them, sometimes I wouldn't, and I was like, this is ruining the magic of Christmas for me. I don't know why it feels like she needs to eat eight cookies in a row, but <laughs> I you feel would like you cookies. have to. <laughs> Yeah, we put out so many cookies. We put out, like, at least one of each kind of cookie.
0: Oh, gee, that's too many.
1: No, it's not. Satan needed a variety, and we made the best cookies in town.
0: You think he was going to eat eight cookies at each house?
1: Look, Andy, this man (laughs) is stopping time to deliver all these presents, and you're telling me that he doesn't have a cookie stomach that's infinite
0: in size? (laughs) That's exactly why he needed a beer at our house. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he got it. Then. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love do, you it. Want to, um, do you want to announce our book since we didn't um, announce it on the last episode?
1: Yes, I am very excited to announce this. So uh, I'm sure you guys, as, long- as well as everybody else in the world, has had friends who are reading Colleen Hoover books. Uh, I highly recommend this New York Times profile that they wrote about her. And Andy, I think that you must not have cleared your cookies or your history, right? Because you should be able to, I mean, that's how they track you. So if you clear them, then they should not be able to know that you have, that you've been visiting their website. It's regardless. I read this New York Times uh, profile all about Colleen Hoover because I was kind of interested in picking one of her books because... We have friends or people that we knew in high school who have been posting about her books and are like, they're so good, the great story. And so I've read this profile on her that describes her life. And we'll probably talk about this a lot more in um, the episode. But essentially, she came from nowhere. She used to work as a social worker. That's what I was looking for. So she used to be a social worker, and then she started writing books and um self-published all of these books and then she started getting all these big deals for her books and she still sometimes does self-publishing instead of selling a book to a specific publisher and she doesn't have loyalty to one publisher which is really weird um in the writing world right now like she has several different publishers that she works with and she just seems like a really cool lady so We are reading Verity, which one of your friends recommended to you and seems like one of the good ones to start with based on my limited reading. So that's what we will be reading for the month of December. Do an episode. Are we going to actually try to release
0: it for the last week? I don't know. December is a hectic month. So we'll see if it comes out the last week of December or if it might get pushed to the very beginning of January. not sure
1: yet. But we'll start reading it now. I just got it from the library. Andy's working on getting a copy. It should be good. Uh, I've heard from some people that her writing style isn't the best, but her stories are really, really great. So I'm excited to dive in and see what the the whole hype is about.
0: Recommended Verity several months ago by one of my friends, and then it kind of got pushed to the back of our recommendations list. And then you brought up, Colleen Hoover and I was like oh yeah one of my friends recommended that book uh or recommended her and then you were like oh yeah let's do this one and so I was like okay yep must be the one we need to do then <laughs> yep <laughs> good.
1: so I'm excited for that uh we'll see what we'll see what happens I'm yeah.
0: excited I hope you guys
1: join us should be good month of December thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda we would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review
0: you can reach us at Marianne and Wanda Podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.